Welcome to K-Drama School. I'm your host, Grace Jung. Class is now in session. process it. There's a lot to process. Today I'm going to be talking about the show My Liberation Notes. It is a Korean drama written by Park Hae-young. She wrote the very uh, well-received Korean drama My Mister. This show My Liberation Notes is, I mean, Walter Hong and I talked about it a little bit before I had seen the show, but it's what he called a slow burn. This is indeed a very slow burn. It's like, imagine knitting a sweater, knit by knit by knit, thread by thread, needle by needle, you get it done. Every single, every single, you know, knit is a, is a profound thought, a profound original thought. And you have this full sweater and that full sweater is my liberation notes. It is a very original show. I have never seen a show like this. It is highly spiritual. I've never had a spiritual experience with the show. It's like, it's exactly my kind of programming. And I will follow Pakeyang to the ends of the earth, basically. I mean, if this show were a cult leader, I am there. I am there. I am wearing the hemp dress, drinking the fruit punch, dancing around, okay? I'm doing it blowing the cult leader. I'm doing it, okay? I am fucking in. It is that good of a show. I learned a whole lot while watching this show. I learned about, I don't know, I just, whatever, whatever, whatever thoughts and ideations I've been having the last, the past year and a half, two years, they've been affirmed by this show. It's given me a boost in terms of my confidence in terms of my faith it's grounded me deeper again i don't have like one idol or god i don't have that i just my to me my spiritual uh guide is is just myself it's my higher power it's my inner being that's what i follow which i believe is connected to the higher source that you call the great spirit or you call it the universe others call it god but you know, as you all know, I have a very complicated relationship with the the name God. So I just call it higher power. But in any case, like that's what this show has been like for me. And I just learned a whole lot. I learned a lot. And I have this really intense, intimate, fun, profound, moving, inspiring conversation with Heian Park. She is a returning guest. She is based in New York. She is an actress. She is a clown. She's a burlesque dancer. She's a web series creator, filmmaker. She's very, very talented. Very, very intelligent. You know, just good heart, big heart, compassionate woman. And 
we get it we get into it we talk about my liberation notes for two hours two hours plus so i'm excited to share this episode with you all thank you for accompanying me on my walk and also thank you to those people who responded to my request and emailed me and informed me and gave me feedback on what you guys think about my, you know, little personal monologues in the beginning of these shows. I really, really appreciate that feedback. It's something I really needed. So thank you for that. And I will, I will keep going with that, okay? <clears throat> I guess right now, right now, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> right now in my pipeline, I have a feature documentary that is in the works. It is heavily, heavily in the editing process, heavily in the production process. It's literally like being made as we go. It's like literally today, while I was editing, I needed to, I needed to add a shot. So I shot something and then I added it into the editing, you know? And for me, that's part of what makes documentary filmmaking so liberating and free and fun. Is like, I can do that. I can do that. Whereas with a narrative, it's way harder to do, you know? So anyway, um, a lot is happening, you guys. A lot, a lot is happening. Like yesterday, I wrote a whole uh, short film, a, a whole animated short film narrative. And I think it's going to be a TV pilot. Like it is like the juice is on. The juice is gushing. You know what I'm saying? This is damp earth. It is damp, rich soil in the jungle. And I am a giant worm sucking in all the nutrients through my skin and pores. It's, it's sick and intense. It's amazing. Feel it. I'm feeling it. I'm in the gush. I'm in the juice. All right, you guys. Let's talk to Heian Park. You're blonde too. Yes, two natural blondes. Sitting in front of each other, next to each other. We're both blonde. Oh my god. I love it. I love your haircut. It's amazing. It's, yeah, I've been growing it into a mullet. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, you know, every summer I get the desire to shave it all off. Yes, yes. But my mom this time, her plead, she was like, this is my only wish for the rest of my life. <laughs> you not shave your head so i'm trying to do it out of kindness for my mother okay. you're trying to yeah. you're trying to honor that and you're trying to honor your own self by yeah, getting this so wild ass it's a yeah. wild cut i like it <laughs> i dig it how are you how's your day going i'm good my day's productive so far <laughs> you know did laundry that's big right and um i I'm, I'm working on a feature documentary right now, and I is edited. Is it the one, one that's? Is it the one that's? Um, no, the the one you have one that's in festivals. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. This is it's a different not, one. It's a different one because that's mm -hmm. already in festivals. Let's finish that's this one. This one uh, it's in production now. So I, I I edited one sequence today, and I wrote one short like animated, uh, film, like in like one hour real fast so oh you are on fire because i i'm i have yet to read your clown short film script yeah please check yeah. that out i want to i want to get your yeah. input on it because yeah. you know i i know you've you've performed in you know as clown before yeah, and, a little bit. 
yeah but it still counts right like i think clown i think clowning is um it takes a lot of uh vulnerability and bravery so you know you have experience in that so i'd be interested in your input um yeah i i also i took a clown my first clown class ever last sunday yeah how was it it was really great it's the theme was tragic clown and mm. it's taught by david bridal he's uh one of the founders of the la clown school and nice. he studied with uh felipe gollier in paris france that big, That's a big famous name yeah the clown person so he he's got pedigree you know what i mean and like you know i'm i'm korean i'm into that i'm into that shit <laughs> you know I yes like also you have you you have like um you have some street creds in the academic world so i feel like yeah it's, so, it's important yeah, yeah i keep my eyes out for it yeah and he teaches at usc i think he teaches like dramatic theater or something but anyway um i was nervous about it because it was like a very packed class like over 20 people i was like oh how do i feel about this uh, you know because yeah, i'm a stand-up and stand-up we do it alone and then we just like we just disappear like you know we don't talk to audiences anyway this was more intense like that um but he was very nice and he was like asking me how did you come to this class i was like oh, i have a lot of clown friends and i felt like right now the time is right he's like mm. okay and then at the end of the fellowship it was like a, i mean the fellowship the workshop it's a four-hour workshop it was so intense it was an intense one it was intense and then at the end of it he was like oh i think i thought you did beautiful work today and you know like you belong you definitely belong and i was like oh mm -hmm. thank you and then there was this moment where like uh i left my water bottle in there so i had to go back to class and all the lights were off and it was only him and me and I got my water bottle. And as I was leaving, he said to me, I love your work, but I pretended not to hear him. And I ran away. I ran <gasps> away. That's I your clown maybe that did that, got really shy and ran away. No, no, I feel like my, well, it is, yes, because the, my clown is the opposite of me, the, the, the vulnerable me like mm. i'm i'm like that i don't i can't accept compliments i can't accept like nice i can't accept sympathy oh my god that's another thing i can't accept like sympathy when somebody's being sympathetic i can't accept mm. compliments i run away i fucking hate it Ugh. but my clown mm. self would have been um you know more like aggressive about that like i you know the past week i realized like my clown is like the white clown like she's very dominant know-it-all aggressive you know questioning wow. everything yeah. like that you know so and how would your clown respond to a to um to a compliment for example like kind of denying it no it would have been like it would have been like damn right like of course you love it it's me yeah. it's me that's why you love it you yeah. don't love anything i do it would have been like that yeah 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 but i was i was you know scared and i ran away and and this Sunday, because it's my second class this Sunday, and then it's over. I, I want to tell him, like, I heard you that day, but I ran away because I was vulnerable, and I want to talk to yeah. him about it. Yeah. Um, Do you um, struggle with that, like vulnerability at all, or compliments? Receiving compliments is that ever a? Like, yeah, a thing there was an acting class I took years ago with my mentor Deborah Campmeyer, and she, after everyone would do their scene work. She would have us sit in front of her and before she gives her feedback, she would have everybody give feedback. And mm -hmm. it was very like peer 
feedback. So um, she didn't allow people to like give critique. It was more about like what kind of characters they saw, what they liked. And people nice. had the hardest time just sitting still and receiving <laughs> it. And she was very, very like gung-ho on no, don't nod, don't say thank you, just sit your ass down and receive it. Oh. it so many people struggled with it. I struggled with it too. But I think that practice kind of made me better at it. Um, you know, there's always like, no, 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 actually you're wrong. Like there's that internal dialogue that wants to pop out. But yeah, I struggle with it. I struggle with sympathy too these days. Like mm -hmm. that's, mm -hmm. I mean, a nice segue into my liberation note would be mm -hmm. that in that club in the show, mm -hmm. the, the liberation club, yeah, and one of the rules. Work. Right? Yeah, the rules is no, mm -hmm. how would you say it? No sympathy, no, no sympathy. advice. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So that was so refreshing. But yeah, there's something that like puts me at, out of control when I'm in my clown. Mm. That's very like, just like not, not knowing what, what's going to come out, like what, how loud I'm going to be, like. Yeah. There's um the wild self, the wild self. Yeah, yeah. The and wild you. The wild me. That's usually that I think in my everyday life there's there is constant fear of like too much of it coming out. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. And and as as Korean women, it's like what are we told when we're, you know, growing up? It's like when an adult compliments you, what do you say? When they give you a gift, when they give you a gift, you have to refuse it. Yeah. It's like the culture that we were bred into. And also as women, as young girls, we were told to be quiet. Like, yeah. Qu don't yeah, talk, even don't be like, loud. I, I remember seeing people, other like girls or women be criticized. I myself too, be being criticized by like some adult because of how loud we would laugh. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's another big thing. Like, so I find myself sometimes like judging other people when oh. they have a like big, large, like beautiful laugh. So it's that that shift conditions in you. But that's yeah, funny. everything is small. Like, take yeah. up small, less space. Therefore, less like make your body small. Everything yeah. is just smaller. Yeah. Put it so down. to go from that to like ah, like yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course, our clown will then be fucking wild and crazy. Like, yeah, I'm realizing my clown is so loud. She's loud as hell. She screams a lot. She's like, Powerful. she's joyful, you know, she's joyful, but she's also a know it all. But she's got fire too. Like, when she wants to spit fire, she will. Like, mm -hmm. I, I was, it was like such an interesting exploration. I took mm -hmm. this class specifically because I was struggling with uh, finishing my book. And I was like, I have to, like, my memoir book, my K-drama school memoir book, because I've been oh. pitching it to agents, and they're all like, this is very liter like very academic, and you say you're a comedian, but it's not funny, and, you know, your, your voice is not in there. Where are you? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I, I'm timid. I have to suppress my voice. Even in academia, they do that. They tell you to squash your voice, squash you, get get rid of you, make it just an argument, just turn it into an argument, get rid of you. So I took the, the clown class specifically to see, seek through that. But I'm finding that, you know, I'm tapping deeper and into my wildness. And when I do, right, 
and I'm sure you've experienced this when you're on stage as clown or when you're acting, you know, when you're in flow, but it's like, I have full alignment when that happens, full Mm. alignment. And I could just say things without, without like question, it flows out. And I, I went on like a, like a 40 minute narrative tirade on Tuesday. It was just like all just flowing real fast. Everything was this was in the class. No, no, this was just like on my own, walking around, <laughs> walking around. Yeah, well, exploring I feel like it. I see that this clown that you're describing, like in your stand-up comedy clips too. Yeah, you're very yeah, like standing in your power, like uh-huh. yeah. There's like almost a a priest, like you know, like those like big, big churches. Yeah. where the priests are like super performative like yeah yeah, yeah absolutely i see that in your mm-hmm. comedy but yeah. um isn't that so interesting i feel like you know there i don't know if you know this korean monk i know of the name yes yeah he's kind of a celebrity yeah. um monk and he does these q a's and lately he's been doing them on online and I don't know. I find him refreshing because like whenever there are people like parents of queer people that come to him, like asking questions, what to do, he like is very woke. Mm -hmm. Like I think we need more religious leaders in South Korea to be able to give that perspective of like, yes, there are queer people. Yeah. They're like, he kind of breaks it down. And like, so I really appreciate him that way. And I don't know when I listen to his teachings, so much of it is about, there is no us. There right. is no us. Uh-huh. But in order to get to that point, I think we can't skip the point where it is. Yes, we have to claim us. Got to acknowledge it. Yeah, and we. I think so many of us get ha- get that skipped in our childhood. We're not yeah. allowed that space to like me, me, uh-huh. me, me, me. Yeah, yeah, I know. Ignored uh-huh. and and told be quiet. Like ignored right. a lot of the time. I'm sure you've dealt with something like this. Let's say like you drew a picture or, you know, you drew a picture, bring it to your mom. Like, did she ever like celebrate it? You know, like my mom never did. <laughs> she would look at it and sigh deeply. That's what she oh would do. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Like uh, I was like, after I did my little like clown tirade monologue thing, I started to feel immediate shame bubble up, like regret. Oh. It was oh. bubbling up and I was like why why do I feel this right now and it was the inner choir the the inner bullies that I've you know uh absorbed over the years when I was a child like you know people looking at me when I express myself artistically or creatively they'd be like well you think you're funny why are you so loud well you think you're a good singer what you think you're cute well you think you're what you think you're good at this yeah why don't you be quiet yeah. why are you so loud why don't you shut up why are you so obnoxious? And like, that was like bubbling up. And, and I was like, starting to doubt the thing I just had. I was like, oh, maybe it was, maybe it was a manic episode. Maybe it was a manic episode. And maybe I was just being crazy and delusional. And then I had therapy and my therapist goes, no, that thing that you call an episode was the real you. That was, that's the default you, the cure joy-filled, happy, aware, mindful, present, uh-huh. aligned being, higher being was coming out. Yeah. That is the real you. And the regret and shame you feel afterwards is the memories that you have 
but mm. just know that they're just memories and they're not real people who are yeah. actually a true threat to you in any way. And I was like, thank you yeah. so much for saying that. <gasps> that's a good therapist. Dude, my therapist is amazing. Really? That's great. Have you been working with them for a while? Yeah, about mm -hmm. three years now. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's really great. But uh, okay, when you when you do clown though, um, like, do you do you know what's gonna come out, or do you just kind of like trust and go with it, or like, are you fearful of what she might say or do, or or I, I don't know, like, how do you? What's your clown? I guess describe describe them to me. Yeah, like, I. I named my clown Ancient Toddler. Oh, that's because right. Because yeah. she's like very childish, still in that child brain, but there are moments of like a very like ancient wisdom. Uh, um, yeah. I feel the most myself when I can be a child. Like that is when I am the most, when I'm having the most fun, it's when I'm able to just crack childish poop jokes and yeah. even my like sexual kind of jokes tend to be very childlike mm -hmm. and um so yeah I think it's been a while now since I've done clown but the way I learned clown from um from my mentor Deborah too this was in an acting class was um creating like a a little act that has beginning middle end and the clown, she would tell us to pick a clown that is something that is a, an aspect of us, either that we really love about ourselves or hate about ourselves. Oh, and yeah, I think I do. I have in the past, like struggled with that part of me, like, God, why am I so childish and vulgar? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like I, so yeah, the, the, this, the ancient toddler is very sweet yeah. and crass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I know that I have a sweet demeanor. Um, I used to get a little offended when people would call me sweet, like, oh, I'm so much more than that. But I Aww. think the sweetness is kind of a, I don't know, like a, a persona that I maybe was born with or like, yeah. felt like was the safest mask to have. The sweetness but, um, was but also there is like such a joy of I love, I think, less so nowadays but like earlier on it, i was so i would get such a high by shocking people especially people that i know are more conservative than me or i know, know the feeling i do yeah. all the time too yeah, yeah, yeah so there was always that like childlike kind of like childlike fear that oh am i am i crossing the line just barely yeah even if it's just barely am i crossing it or not um so yeah what was your question again? I was About, asking yeah. you to describe your clown, and I think that's clown a good description. And, yeah. Um, I did. I created some of the acts where, like, the joke of is it is that ancient toddler doesn't know about masturbation, but like discovers masturbation on stage. Oh so, yeah, I think I've seen that, it. You wear like a merkin, yeah. right? Like a like a vagina. Yeah, wear like a vagina puppet and like simulated masturbation um yeah yeah so yeah that. there was something like i wanted to show that like i wanted yeah. to be actually like long and lengthy and like and i think <laughs> in order to like in order to um overcome yeah. the of it like that i am worthy of desire and um 
Yeah, sexual explosion. <laughs> and pleasure. And pleasure. Yeah, and pleasure. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, when, yeah, I remember that, um, like, the image of it, or there was, like, a short video of it. I remember seeing it. I was like, this is awesome. Because that is actually how people discover masturbation. They figure it out, like, accidentally, usually when they're quite young. Because, yeah. you know, like, all children go through that phase where they're playing with their genitals. And then at a certain point, you're like oh wait this is actually at a certain point you you're like this is different this is a different sensation now yeah absolutely um so there is something very like pure about that act that's also very honest and that's also very uncomfortable it's like in their in the audience's spaces but it's also like confronting them with their memory and their subconsciousness Uh and it's also like why are you afraid of this you know? Yeah, why? Why? Or I, my fear was that I would look, I would be too gross. But then I'm like, yeah, why? Why are you grossed out? And if you are, be grossed out to the fullest. Yeah, that was the driving like heart. That yeah. was, yeah, it was. I, I was obsessed with it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh-huh. My biggest fear was that my mother would see it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, but believe it or not, I did share a little bit with my mother. Oh, I really? showed her a video of it last year when I was living with her. And She's, and her reaction was interesting. She was like, because we, like, throughout the last couple of years, like, we have been mm-hmm. just going deeper and into yeah. our understanding each other and just mm-hmm. sharing more um, details of our lives. But, yeah, she said something about, oh... I, I think she thought that I was doing it to make money, literally. Oh. And like, you barely got paid at those shows. It was for an artistic yeah. fulfillment, but she couldn't yeah. grasp that. So she was like, oh, I'm sorry you had to like do even the this kind of a thing to survive in New York. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. It was interesting. That is Does your clown have a name? Right now, it's just tentatively professor, or um, I did. I actually did a like a TV gig uh, last month, and um, my title was Doctor Grace. And oh yeah, why not just why not just Doctor Grace? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could just be Doctor Grace. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Doctor Grace. Yeah could just be Dr. Oh my Grace. God. And that goes with that. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Yeah. I got to oh figure God. out like a costume though. That's still uh-huh. kind of in the works, but my friend was like, maybe glasses. I was like, oh yeah, maybe, maybe we'll see. Glasses. Um, like a, what kind of professor do you think she is? Like kind she's, of a sexy dominate, dominating energy. She, or? she, she's aggressive and goofy like she's not that slick there's nothing sophisticated about her uh-huh. you know you almost think she's a bum it's like she's a mm-hmm. stupid she's a stupid bum like you could not take her seriously at all because she's dressed it like in such a down way she's dressed so down like tracksuit kind of thing or a cotton tibetan pants or something like that and it's like what the hell kind of professor are you you know but when yeah. she starts, when she starts dropping knowledge, it's like profound. It's like, yeah, you know, kind of like that. Yeah. But but she doesn't do it that often, you know. 
like every once in a while like like one of the things that i was saying i was like why do i wear sunglasses why do i wear sunglasses i'm afraid of you i'm afraid of you don't look at me i don't want you to look at me you know <laughs> don't look at i don't want you to look at me i have to wear sunglasses and protect myself it was, it was like <laughs> It was like that, you know, so it's like profound, but it's like, like, like weird and like, uh -huh. maybe, maybe a little creepy, you know? Yeah. Like a witch. She's like a witch. You would think that she, she lives in a dark apartment with a lot of cats and a lot of dogs, but, mm. but when you get to know her, she has zero cats and zero dogs. She doesn't have any cats or dogs, you she know? She has like a, a ton of diplomas. Just a shit ton of degrees. Yeah. <laughs> And, and it's like, 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 as soon as they think that they have her figured out, it's like, no, it's like, she changes something about her changes. Like, it's like, oh, like, I thought I had you figure out. It's like, no, changes, changes. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like that. Yeah. Like an onion, peeling it down. Like an onion. Like wow. A I'm so, um, I feel very inspired that you are like really finding your truth through this clowning thanks yeah thank you because it was it's so fun it's been it's been a long time coming i think because i've been admiring clowns from a distance for a long time i even write about clown philosophy in my doctoral dissertation when i talk about that show muandojan muandojan is 100 clowning right because they yes. say it's, it's a tojan but they're never going to yeah. meet their goal, but they're going to try their hardest no matter what. They That's that's clowning, 100%. So I wrote about the tenets of clowning in my dissertation a lot, and I was admiring it from a distance, but like to dive in and to actually do it, it was like, it was a little bit, it took a bit of a push. And, you know, the agent's harsh criticism was like the thing I needed in order to push me into the clown world. And I'm glad I did it. But uh, yeah, and thanks for telling me about your clown. I, I know how much your clown was, uh, you know, an influence for you when you were making your web series, you know, like yeah. all of your, like the Heian series and the, the Brooklyn, you know, PI, is it Brooklyn PI, BKPI? Yeah. Like I know how both of them has your ancient toddler character at the center of it. And yeah. um, it informs everything in those shows. Totally. So I, I know how, how close your clown is to you. But yeah, we need to we need to get into Hebangyuchi. Holy shit, man. Holy shit. Well, first of all, in honor of Hebangyuchi, I have this big ass bottle of <laughs> I have do you remember that scene where Mijang and Kushi um are uh -huh. eating mandu? Yeah. So I make some mandu. Oh yeah. yes. So nice. <laughs> I just I mean, we, I, like, you, we were texting and I had mentioned this, like, and you just right away said that this is your favorite show in the last 10 years. It's one of the best, one of the greatest, one of the greatest. Tell, tell, tell me what about it? Like, you loved it. It's, it almost feels like a cosmic kismet moment for me to be watching this show right now. Because since last year, I've been getting deep into the 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 hoo hoo the woo hoo shit like the law of attraction stuff uh -huh. the the manifestation stuff i've been getting into i like i've been studying it actually i be, i became a student of it because i'm a fucking dork and i've been reading all the books reading all the books listening to youtube stuff you know um 
accompanying it with my meditation, accompanying uh-huh. it with my journal. I did Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way. Okay. I read, you know, Clarissa Pinkola Estes's book, The Women Who Run With the Wolves. And it's like all these books that I read and the studying that I did, it's like as if it led me up to this point, as if to prepare mm-hmm. me. It's like that was like the prerequisite that I had to do to watch this show and understand what the fuck is happening fully with clarity. And it was wow. stunning. It was stunning because I'm like, this writer knows what the fuck is up. She gets it. She like, she's operating on a higher consciousness kind of level that, you know, that I'm trying to get to that. Maybe I already am, you know, coexist co-creating in and you know operating under and it's like she and she's a korean drama writer lady and she did it and i was like this is so it's yeah it's like one of those cosmic things that's Uh why that's why it blew me out of the water because mi jung that character that's what she's doing and uh yum chung is that is that his name what's his face changi Tang yeah. is also also doing that. He says, like, you know, yeah. it's kwaha, right? It's science. I hate yeah. her, so of course she hates me, you know, or I whatever whatever I feel, I'm attracting. You know, whatever I do, I will be I will be at fault for it, or I will be responsible for it. And and Bijang says the same thing, right? She's like, Of course my boss hates me. I right, hate him. On this block right now. Okay, they're gonna pass. <laughs> some music Um, yeah it's like it's like she she says you know i built my life around this one hatred that i have or this one fear that i have you know so of course that's going to be bothering me all the time i'm going to be reminded of of it all the time but i was just like yeah you know and there there were so many instances like that in this show right like there were a lot of cosmic moments in this show these characters would like wax poetic philosophy and that shit is just like oh my god are people hearing this <laughs> are, are, this is our like this is like spiritual teachings and i as somebody who you know does often get deeply depressed i think she her the characters she writes yeah just have such a deep understanding mm-hmm. of how abysmal things can be and I, so that's why some of my friends who I like would like kind of like intimate, like force them to mm-hmm. watch and they're like, oh, it's a little too depressing for me. They don't get it. I understand it. But for me, it's like, no, it's actually very uplifting. I was like blasted out of the water watching this shit. I was like, this is an amazing show. I felt so uplifted yeah. as well. Yeah. And excited. I was like, I was like all fired up. I was like, I can't believe this is a Korean drama. It's so good. I am so honored good. that this writer's name is very similar to mine. Hey Young. Young. I'm in the middle of watching her previous series, My Mister. You've never seen that before? No. <gasps> it is such a good show. It is it good. Is such it's a good show. A little more grayer than My Liberation Note. It's but big. I still like these. It's the same philosophy, and I like. I find myself Over trying here. to like. Oh my god is there like growth in her thought process mm-hmm. since that and, and my liberation no but um so the stakes good. are the stakes are higher in my mister 
stakes are higher and yeah. uh you know some of the some of the drama is a little bit more serious you know uh yeah. but like both in both shows my mister and my liberation notes um there's that spirituality as you mentioned in my liberation notes like there's a catholic dude right he goes to songdang regularly you know yeah. the the father of the single father guy who's dating um, yes yes the oldest daughter, Ki-jung. He's dating Ki-jung. Yeah. So he goes to Seongdang regularly. And uh, in My Mister, you you see Buddhist uh, philosophy like just embedded in there. It's like the blueprint of that show. Buddhism mm -hmm. is the blueprint of that show. And I love that so much because it's like, you know, I mean, I was raised Protestant. I think you were also influenced by Christianity growing up, right? On and off, but um, on and off. Oh, okay. My parents were what they would what we would call um, casual Christians. <laughs> okay, okay. See, okay, then that's a little better because it's a little less oppressive. I was like, my dad became like a born again fundamentalist Christian after his DUI when I was six years old. And so it was kind of like, I have a lot of spiritual trauma in my life and a lot of like, you know, the, the in, inner choir of bullies that I was telling you about earlier that, yeah. that percolates up. Okay. That's from church. It's like church on the church teachers, church pastors. Um, like it's from them for the most part, because yeah. it's a Korean American church, you know, it's a community yeah. and they just, they lack boundaries. And so anyway, um, I, yeah, because That's I grew up with that. that my Mr. There's a Buddhist monk in the story. And if you yeah. notice, Mr. Gu, yeah. they don't really address it, but in the, mm -hmm. first, in the beginning, first mm -hmm. episode, few episodes, he's always wearing a cross necklace. Yes. He has it the whole time. Yeah. He has it the whole time. Like, and it's like, what what's about? his deal? What's his fucking, that guy? First of all, can I tell you something? He explain it too much. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's he remains kind of like this mystery guy, like all throughout. Yeah. Um, but I was so turned on by Ku. I was like, "Daddy, fucking pull my hair and Ooh. come all over my back right now!" Like, do it. Like, fucking jizz all over my face. It's okay. Fucking do it. I. I wanted this guy so badly. I'm like, this guy is so toxic and he's such an asshole and he's so fucked up and he hates himself and he is such an alcoholic and he is so, you know, but at the same mm -hmm. time, because he's so quiet and like, there's this, you know, stern, reserved kind of you know tense like he's holding shit in kind of thing like that wow. quality i was like so turned on by it <laughs> and that's so interesting what about you were, were you not attracted to him at all i well first of all i was like i love his acting oh my god yeah and the character i didn't feel that attracted to the character i i was more if anything, attracted to like Mijong, like, oh, but then again, like, I mean, yeah. the two of them together was just, it made me want to talk less. <laughs> like, oh, they, he, he barely, they barely mix words in the, 
first, I would say six, seven episodes. Yeah. And it's so, mm -hmm. it, you know what it made me think like the way she talks, mm -hmm. I feel, and I think this is something that's conditioned as a, a female person, like, like, I feel like when somebody is saying something to me, I have to like react immediately. Yeah. Or yeah. even just like, yeah, I have to, but, but then Affirm like, them. Yeah. actually the way she just processes conversations, he like hears something. I want to take my time more like, and that was very sexy. Oh yeah. 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 It does glorify drinking. And I think it is a whole other conversation about like, that is. It's in it's in, in my mister as well. It's in my mister as well. But it's that that's a bigger problem. I talk about it in the fucking book I'm writing. Like South 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 Korea is like sponsored by food corporation conglomerates like like uh, CJ and Lotte, right? CJ mm -hmm. and Lotte they but they're also sponsored by Chinno, which owns, you know, your soju, yeah. the soju that you're drinking, the height beer. And in my mister, there's a lot of drinking between this older male colleague and the younger female temp girl. A lot yeah. of drinking. And it's like, dude, come on. We, no, come on. We know better than that. We know, we know what road that leads down to, but they do it. And you're right. It does, um, it's enabling, it's, you know, it's condoning of that. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's like, in, I think in my liberation notes, though, the alcoholism is critiqued. Because first of all, they use the term alcoholic. They use yeah. it. That, yeah. That's new. That shit is that's new. That's very new. Is the, I feel that's very novel in Korean dramas. Yeah. 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 And, you know, there it is addressed, like, visually, too, with the room full of soju bottles and and then at the end, there is a bit of like his his attempt to give it up to overcome it. Yeah, but I also really <sighs> there is something beautiful about like how she's like I'm not going to tell you to stop drinking, mm -hmm. but at the same time, her presence, mm -hmm. her like energy that's brought into his life, makes him drink less. So there's something about like, ah, when we want to love somebody, I don't, can we ever come into it with like, hey, I'm going to help you get better? I don't think that ever works. It never works. What she, and she wasn't even trying to help him. She just said, I accept you fully for who and what you are. It doesn't matter what your past is. I accept you for who and what you are. And I am never going to tell you what to do. I'm never going to expect things out of you. Even if you don't respond to my messages, I'm not going to get angry. You know, even if you disappoint me or break my heart, I'm just going to say, I hope you never catch a cold, you know, yeah. or oh. like just to, just to preserve her so love for him. I was, was so like, and, the, and then when he says, you know what, now that I think about it, I never did catch a cold. I was like this fucking show, this fucking show. <laughs> but there was this moment when she's like, um, sometimes like when I want to hate you, I would think to myself like some other guy, you know, yeah. like I, like I would project it onto somebody else instead because I want to preserve my love for you. And I was just like, yeah. oh my God, like what if all of us just operated uh, on that level, you know? Like what if all of us were um, like bold enough and brave enough and radical, radical enough to love somebody to that extent with zero yeah. expectation? 
with zero expectations with zero oh. request to change and to just be like you be you and i'll be me and what she had instead of worrying about his alcoholism or judging him for it what she had was full trust in her in herself for loving him and what ends up happening is he has this cosmic moment with the coin in th and that he gives up drinking right yeah and then oh my god so many things i want to say about them but another thing is when they there's a little break and they meet back again mm -hmm. i think it was episode 14. Mm -hmm. he like starts quoting her mm. like like the words and like they say they don't talk they they've never spoken too many words to each other but like every single word made that big of an impact to each other um that was just so beautiful now for you i have a question there's i feel like there are three phases of their romance there's the like really barely just like yeah walking by each other and then they're like while they're in Tampo, that town mm -hmm. they're mm -hmm. like um dating and then there's the reunion which part was romantically the most i don't know exciting for you to watch oh my god I guess the the middle part, the second part, you know, when when mm. he when he texts her and says, "I got some money. What do you want to eat?" You know, like the first, like he asks his, his her dad. He's like, "Can I get your youngest daughter's phone number?" And he's like, "What, yeah. Jung?" And he's like, "Yeah." Like first of all, that I was like, "What a man!" Oh, what a man! He's gonna go to the dad and be like, "I want your youngest daughter's number." give it to uh -huh. me he's not like oh he's not he's not even that like you know about it he's like yeah. give me give me her number and the dad was cool about it too he gives it gives it you know and he, he, knows, he knows he knows what's up like he saw his friends like gold watch and he was kind of eyeing it you know he knows what's up but he ultimately i guess his his inner being or his higher power knew and trusted uh, Kushi and and Mijung's higher power and knew that they belonged because he is the same as Mijung, right? As Kushi observes, you and your dad yeah. are the same. Neither of you know how to fucking stand up for yourselves. And I was like, oh, Kushi, fucking throw yeah. me up against the wall. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I mean, do you were you a fan of his work already or? I was this character after after I saw this show I, I watched um uh matrimonial chaos like Chegoe Ihun with uh mm. and Yeol and, uh -huh. and in that show fucking Yeol and and Kushi right like Kijong and that, they're dating they're oh, married cool. in that fucking show so anyway I okay after I saw this show I made a determination like put it in my mental vision board I was like I'm working on a narrative feature right now, like, or I'm developing it, and I have a character in mind for him. And oh and, and and Son Sakku, the actor Son Sakku, he is fluent in English. Very fluent. I mean, because like he went to school in Chicago. Yeah, and, and, and he like, studied he's filmmaking. Very sexy when he's acting in English too. Oh my! Wait, you saw him acting in English? Yeah, because he was in Sense Eight. I haven't seen that show, but I saw his clips. And like I've seen him, like there was a show called Melo Gatezir. He plays like a, a director in that, and he does some English lines there. Oh my God! Look up to Sensei Sunsoku. 
you're gonna you're gonna I like, need to i stopped breathing for a second there oh my uh, gosh yeah he's still a great, really great actor um that's actor. yeah yeah his you know, back to the dad, I think trust is such a big thing. It's I was, It was interesting to kind of compare the parents' relationships to each of their children. And, yeah. you know, I think Tungi, the son and the father, the father yeah. is actually able to articulate himself the most to the son mm. and they would like butt heads. Right. And I think he like his favorite maybe was Mijong, but like yeah. they just like never talked. Yeah, it's like a quiet understanding. Yeah, quiet understanding. And I I loved the father and the oh mother too, but... Everybody just, was lovable, honestly. I, I really oh, loved the whole family. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk and about the mother a little bit. We have to talk about the mother, but anyway, yeah, keep going. I want to talk about yeah. the mother. But, also, you know. the, the commute route that they were on, the subway, the little Maui bus... It really like it's I felt that was so brilliant because when I look back at my like some 15 years living in New York, I do feel like so tethered to these like subway stations, mm -hmm. the walk from one station to another. Like, yes, it's I and I, I see that in, in my Mr. Two with like the railroad, like it's mm -hmm. very lo locale based. Yeah, the walk. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's 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 got that spatial element. It's got that neighborhood, like the neighborhood plays a character in both shows. Yeah, you know, yeah, very very, very much so. And um, what I love about that the the commute, this longest commute that they have, and I'm sure you feel this during your commutes when it's a long one. That's your meditation time. You know, that's mm -hmm. your quiet time. That's when you become mindful. People who have long ass commutes are mindful people because they're thinking or they're trying to get to a quiet place in their minds or they're giving themselves that quiet space in their minds, right? Yeah. And that's why all three of these people are so fucking spiritually enlightened because they have all this fucking time to <laughs> meditate every fucking day <laughs> of the year, right? Yeah. And, and and my favorite scene in the whole show was when after Chang Hee crashes Kushi's car <laughs> and then tell finally tells him and then Kushi looks at the back and then he puts on his shoes and then starts chasing him and they're running, 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 running. And then the fat guy on the motorbike goes, Hyung, Hyung, gives him some water. And goes, Chang Ya, Chang Ya, gives him some water. And they keep running and they get on the subway. And then Kushi yes. is on the subway and it's sunset. And he finally sees what Mi Jung sees when she's commuting to work every morning. <sighs> and I was like, I love this scene. It's the best scene of the show, right? Oh my God. It's epic. so good. Yeah, epic, epic, epic. epic. Like, so, yeah, so much of like the um, foreplay of this romance is like just walking down this country's countryside, you know, street together. Um, oh my God. And even that like whole, I love Tangi's relationship with Gu too, Kushi, mm -hmm. because so yeah. like this, it really says something about like our desire to want to connect yeah. with, with the neighbor, with the stranger mm -hmm. that we're 
past something romantic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I had I have a big crush on the oldest daughter actress. I think she's just yep, so she is amazing. And she yeah. she played a very different role in this show, didn't she? From her typical kind of roles, right? She, I haven't seen her in that many things, but she's usually very like fighting and like very urban, like very the modern lady. She no no from the shows that I've seen her in, like she's very very feminine, very feminine mm-hmm. in a soft way. Like uh, uh-huh. I saw her, like well she, we saw her in Matrimonial Chaos, right? She's so mm-hmm. passive, so reserved, so you know. Um, mm. And uh, I saw her in the movie by Na Hongjin, Yellow Sea. She plays like the the sexy like um, femme fatale woman that yeah, like all yeah. these men wanna fuck. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was in Tokebi Goblin. She played the red. Whoa. She was dressed in red, and she was the old granny lady. Um, oh, but she she always played like a very hyper sexualized, hyper feminized role. But in this show, she gets a weird pama and she's upset about it. You know, she gets yeah. her eye. Th- she's she's so insecure about her looks and her age and the fact that she's single, right? Yeah. And it's like she's showing it all she's like why why does yeah. my boss give me any fucking lotto tickets what's with that yeah. what why not me why does he cross me like why does he look me over yeah. and it's like and she's frank about it you know it's so like for lack of a better word brave and just she's so i think out of all three i mean they're all so good at putting themselves out there but yeah just that whole storyline with um her being a kumseppa like just falling in love so quickly. Yeah. You know what I wish though? I wish the Taehun character who she falls in love with was played by an actor that looked a little less like a celebrity because he's yeah. just so damn tall and like yeah. very statuesque. I was like, oh, it would have been even sweeter if it was like a single dad who's like, like a little a, celebrity. Like a dumpy one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, he was but... too like sexy. He was a he was a dilf. Yeah. <laughs> He was a dope, yeah. yeah or yeah, yeah. I, mean, I just can't believe this writer's ability to, because even the smallest ones, like we really got a glimpse into their lives, like the oh my God, stories yeah. and hearts of um, Taehoon's sisters. Yeah. The the Komos yeah, who, who, who chose to like forsake their romantic lives because of their knees, which I think is such a foolish thought. Yeah. I mean, it is. You it's an totally have, You can totally, you know, have a love life and still yeah, do this. They can have it all. That's a that's what we call a limiting belief, right? It's like they they had trouble with romance probably and they probably gave it up to an extent because of fear of heartbreak and this and that and they decided to use their their niece as an excuse to remain single yeah. and be yeah. a fucking muchanya when they have no reason to do that. They can have it all, yeah. but Th- those women are kind of like caught up in that limiting belief. You know? I think so. I wish someone would have called that out in the show. Like, well, actually, we're calling it out now. We're calling it out. Yes, now. we are. So that was like also. I wonder if that is a very like Korean way of thinking too. Like, like you, sh- it is. you can only serve one purpose, and well, that one has a homo and well, well, well. Think about you know uh, Korean femi- femininity. And the whole like resentment, the hunt around that. It's like, 
uh, sacrifice, martyrdom, victimhood, yeah. you know? I mean, that's a whole fucking thing, isn't it, you know? Yeah. Um, and we, we saw a little bit of that when the mother dies, right? When, when the yeah. three siblings' mother just suddenly dies. Suddenly. That was just so shocking. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, my God. And and then there's this moment when Kijang, like, when they're all, like, feeding the father. And then she says to Mijang, he's like, Oma died from exhaustion, like, overworking. Yeah. Because they, they didn't realize, like, she was working the field and she was making three meals and she was cleaning the house. And it's like she was working every single day of her life for, like, for as long as she was married to this man. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, the, the siblings and the women, right, the daughters, they finally get a taste of what their mom went through every single day yeah. of their lives. Yeah. Yeah, it was... In the beginning, I, I, I kept thinking like, God, the mother is so grumpy to the children. The mother, but then like, it kind of makes sense when you're that overworked. And she does get that moment when she's like kind of yelling at Changi, but then she looks at a childhood photo of him and I says, I love that scene. You, you've just grown in size. That's, it's the same you. She had such love um, in her eyes when she was looking at that photo of him. Yeah. But that's how a mother looks at all of their children right? Like your children may grow. I'm sure your mother looks at you with like, has similar moments. Like she, there's probably a, a time, like a certain age of you in her mind that she holds that she's like, yeah. oh, like, you know, and Han was this age. Like, oh, yeah. Know, my, my mom flat out right? says like her happiest years were when we were like between the ages five and like 13. Wow. She says everything just went to shit after that. But, but, you know, I understand that sentiment too. Like your children are more in your control when they're that age. And sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To you more, things like that. Yeah. Were you shocked when the father got remarried? remarried? I was really stunned. I was like, I was actually heartbroken. Like I, I felt my eyes tear up a little bit. I was like, damn, he got over her fast or you know, like, I'm mean, honestly that that scene when he shows up at the house and that strange woman comes out and she says, yo, and then he comes kind of like puttering out like with a limp. Yeah. I, my heart sank. I was so heartbroken. And when when uh, he's inside the house and he looks in the rooms and the rooms are full of like pumpkins and it's like storage room, basically, yeah. I was gasping. I was like, oh. <gasps> I was like that because for a moment, like a split second, I thought that maybe those three siblings were never really real and Kushi oh was just imagine. Yeah, like my whole body was like, it went into a shock and my brain was oh. fucking with my head. I was freaking the fuck out. I was like, I'm freaking mm -hmm. out right now. Yeah. And then when he says, oh, they all went into the city. I was like, oh, thank God. Thank God he didn't imagine them with his crazy alcoholic brain, you know? <laughs> That would have been so. That would have been too tragic. It would have been a horror movie. That would have been yeah, a horror yeah. horror show after that. Yeah, genre. but it crossed my mind. But for a yeah, they really like during those last three episodes. They really do a lot of back and forth in time mm -hmm. of like right right after the mother dies and then yeah. like two years later. And, yeah. Um, and I, they did such a good job, like only just sharing a little bit like you could we could tell that the siblings got along with the stepmom and that little moment where the stepmom looks out the window and like yeah. it's snowing and she's like wow 
this is the day I've been dreaming of, like just sitting with your dad and like, oh, there's something authentic and sweet going on there. That moment was so important, I feel like, because it gives a glimpse into perhaps the Komodo's future, right? Like, who, what is this woman's past history with love and romance and marriage and men no. that she thinks that this guy who's very, very detached, very uh -huh. just like, you know, he's not loving. He's in the other uh -huh. fucking room watching TV. He's ignoring her flat out. And no, I don't know. Maybe after after the TV goes off, maybe there's some. <laughs> maybe there's maybe there's fire. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You never know, right? I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a good point. But it's like, yeah, it kind of gives into like the the woman's loneliness, you know, and that like yeah. woman woman does want and deserve love, and she can say that flat out. Like Mijong said, I she kept fantasizing a romantic partner who adores her loves her sits there and watches her work at the cafe kept fantasizing kept fantasizing and the day that kushi shows up at the cafe while she's working oh she's my saying, god oh my god swoon so sweet i'm manifesting that, what, that I, what i've been dreaming about yeah oh my god just like yeah so simple too they're not even doing much he just comes in orders a beer sits at the other table and just sits there but she's just like this is all i've wanted but isn't that all we want you know yes. like we don't ask for men have such a fucking weird concept of like love you know i once i was on stage one time and i was like yelling at a room full of like male comics i was like do you know what women want more than anything i was like women want to feel safe and the men go, yeah, I'm real strong. You know, I could punch a dude out. I was like, that's not what I'm talking about at all. At all, you fucking idiots. That's why I'm talking. Listen to me. What I mean by safety is a woman wants a partner who will never judge her, who will never ask her to change herself. He will accept her for who and what she is, like, completely, you know, and have no expectations of her. And he will just love yeah. and appreciate her for who and what she is. That is safety. That is real safety. That's what I mean by safety, you fucking idiots. Yeah. Right? <laughs> what we want is so simple. It costs nothing to do that. And yet, yeah. what do they do? They spend all this fucking time and money trying to make money. And they think that's what we want and what we need. But no, we just don't want you to judge us or tell us what to do or tell us to change. We just want you to accept us for who and what we are. It's, it's such a, I mean the one of the cores of my liberation note is loving each other just the way we are but i will say it is such a foreign concept in korean culture mm. like oh, but why not why don't why wouldn't anyone want to be up an upgraded version a better version of themselves so i yeah i hope that like a lot of people who constantly live in a mindset of, of I'm not enough. I have to get better and better. Like would it would shift something yeah. in their head by watching it. But just that's one example. I mean, like when Mi Jung says like, oh, just suddenly one day I just realized I'm very lovable. You know, yeah. that is being that's in flow. Like that, that is alignment. That is alignment. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is, and yeah, yeah, you could say that it was because of Kushi, but not really. No, it was her own liberation path. 
that was her choice. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that you call a liberation path. You know, like that saying, I love myself, like I finally find myself lovable and adorable, that's winning. That is winning. People like, okay, years ago, um, I was in Korea and I was talking to my Mangneimo, my youngest aunt on my maternal side. And she mm-hmm. she was like talking to me about this and that. She's very Buddhist. And um, uh-huh. I was complaining about my uncles. I was like, why does like Kunsamchon and Chagunsamchon call me fat all the time? He, they're all, as soon as I see, see them, I t- 100%, they're going to say, oh, no, they're going to say those two things. And then I was like, I was like, if they say that, I'm going to fucking clap back. And then she says to me, wow, oh my God, how would you clap back? I would just be like, that's rude. You know, like, you know, so I would have, I would have said something like that to them, or I would have just like, or something like that, right? But um, my emo says to me, you have to understand that everybody in this present moment, in what they are and how they are, they are at their absolute best. She's like, you have to realize that they are at their absolute best and they are doing their absolute best in this present moment. You have to accept that. And even if I, they are shitty as hell. Exactly. Exactly. Even when they're punching in the face or they're murdering you or they're killing you or they're killing your daughter, whatever it is that they're doing, whatever, whatever it is that they're doing, you have to realize that they are operating at their absolute best in that moment. In that moment, they're doing their absolute best. You got to accept that. And of course, I say to her, I'm like, that's not fucking true. We all got to fucking try to improve ourselves, don't we? Right? I mean, that was my human egoness talking. But years later, years later, after I like read all the Buddhism books and after I do all the meditation shit, after I do all the fucking law of attraction work and blah, 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 blah. I understand what she's talking about. She's saying that, you know, like what these people are saying, accepting somebody for who and what they are. This guy's a fucking drunk, alcoholic, piece of shit. You know, he abandoned her at one point. You know, he's a thug. He's a bully. Yeah. He's an I mean, asshole. that is, he's, he came up in the host bars, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was a, he was like, one of, of this writer is she really like, touches in on like interesting careers oh yeah the under the underworld right yeah we uh, you know like in my mister we have the the guy the the, the guy who's a structural guy. engineer oh oh yeah well, the structural engineer but i'm talking about the the guy who beats up i use character you know for what's money. his deal is does he have a question <laughs> does he like her what is going on yeah, yeah. When they're actually, you'll you'll see eventually. But they were childhood friends. Actually, their history is oh. really complex. It's very, very. Because I know she murdered his father. His dad, because his dad was the same guy. He was this loan shark bully guy who was beating up her grandmother, and then she stabbed him out out of self defense. And he is mad at her because he she murdered his dad and he's doing the same thing as his dad in terms of career work like a fucking loan shark thug asshole woman beater you know and um you know so so she 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 makes us look at the underworld in a very like frank 
open manner. It's like, yeah. this is, this is part of the reality that we live in, in our urban society, look at it. And, and yeah, um, the underworld too, but also just like the work that Changi does, like he works for the headquarters of like GS 25 type of convenience store. Like, oh my God, like, like, of course there would be somebody who like is in charge of like the, those stores. Yeah. The office. And, um, yeah. Have you seen the other Oh Young? which is this Hakeon's, okay. um I'm trying to watch that show and I just can't get into it like I tried multiple times because I loved uh, my mistress so much when it came out that I was like I gotta see everything by this woman I tried a bunch of times I can't get into it but did you watch it I, I started watching it but then I'm not a fan of that actor but again his job is like a fully sound artist which is like not oh. a job that's filmed that much so I'm like oh wow oh, she really like point like sort of yeah. marginal marginal jobs not like yeah. star jobs but marginal jobs that people don't really talk about or know about like even a structural engineer is like not an architect an architect is glorified yeah. structural engineers right. are not yeah so she just seems like a type of writer who really goes in on her research and just there's i don't know i just I don't know, like, because I also do the writing, my first reaction after like really getting into my liberation note was like, oh, fuck, I'm never going to be able to write something like this. Don't say that. Like, but yeah. then I'm like, no, yeah. it's it all, we're Come all connected. On. We're all, yeah. We're all but, connected. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And also yeah, you, are, just, you are a really good writer. So. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, I mean, I also feel pride in the fact that people like us, like we're able to like, appreciate the genius in my liberation note not everybody gets it i think most but people several don't, of my friends, yeah several of my friends in korea said they their whole like joy of life during these these eight weeks was watching the oh, show love this show so much yeah yeah every um, weekend also every weekend. Yeah. i love the guy with the glasses who is in the liberation group with with Mijong and Taehoon, he he's he must be like this writer's like favorite, favorite. actor because yeah. he's also in <clears throat> yep. my Mister. Yep. I just like oh, when when he says like, can we like sit side by side somewhere together instead of mm -hmm. sitting in front of each other? Like mm -hmm. yes, yes. Yeah, they're they're in this corporate office, a white collar space where assimilation is so important and saving face is important assimilation like doing whatever the group says and does is important and these three people are like non-conformists you know like it's like yeah. they're they're uh performing or politically like i don't know they're act acting out political radicality in a really small yet very significant and meaningful way it's like even yeah. sitting in that way, even saying this is our club. You guys keep fucking telling us to do a fucking club. This we're is our pitch it. and this is what we're going to do. And it's like to the point where that woman, I love that woman, by the way, the one that can't stop smiling. The yeah. She was so interesting. Like when she oh. talks about how she can't go to funerals because she can't stop smiling because it's like a nervous tick that she has. I was just like, dude, dude. Oh, oh. Oh, I also, I think this writer does a great job at like, even in my mystery of portraying like really evil, nasty superiors in the oh, corporate yeah. world. 
Oh yeah. What did you think about this like manager guy of Mijong who would like give her notes like with these oh he's such an asshole. I even thought like is that possible in the current I don't know corporate atmosphere but I know nothing about that. I mean probably probably you know like the thing is um I don't know have you ever worked like in an office before? or no, no, no okay so you're lucky i've worked in an office before and everybody who's worked in an office has that one person like somebody in their office drives them fucking insane and they fantasize about that person getting killed in some way all the time it's like offices are some of the most dehumanizing spaces in the world the most it's like humiliating it is like they cut down your self-worth they cut down your self-esteem they make you feel like shit minus you know like yeah. negative shit somehow you're yeah. negative shit you're yeah. shit and then you're negative you're below that you know and but that's like, how they make you feel and so i think maybe the the show was like maybe dramatizing that but it's like i recognize that guy immediately i was like i know exactly who that is for me in my memory and anybody who's mm -hmm. worked in an office and they have that person they have that they're like i know what that yeah. person is and it feels like that it feels that um personal and that antagonistic and that intense even though perhaps they're not doing it to be that personal but it does feel oh. like it you know and like my curiosity now then goes next to okay what is what it why is he like that and they addressed it a little bit there was a little storyline about him, actually the changes he made on a proposal, somebody higher up than him was like, okay, it's gotten, so he must have a shit ton of insecurities of his own ability. A hundred percent, it's an insecurity thing. Like um, think about, you know, think about Korean corporate structures. What does it take to get into a corporate office and get a, get a fucking full-time job? Yeah. Lee Jung is not even a full-time employee. She's a temp, she's a fucking yeah. temp. You know, but she's talented. She's talented, but because she's a temp, <coughs> this guy just feels the need to give her a hard time. You know, like, and he makes it obvious too. It's like, oh, like she's not a temp. She's not officially my employee. Like, fuck her. You know, like Ugh. she becomes a dumpster for all of his bad feelings. You know, of course he's insecure. He's cheating on his wife. You know, of course he's insecure. Like he, he adds value to things like cred you know like resume cv you know where people went to school what their education is what their pedigree yeah. is he put emphasis on that and that is a sign of insecurity like you think that that yeah. equals human worth anybody who thinks mm -hmm. that they are out of touch with themselves they have no idea who they fucking are you know so mm -hmm. um people like that it's they have a lot of like garbage and that garbage needs to get thrown away somewhere and it's going to be a manmanan person right and to him yeah. it's that's mi jung right and she got it's she got again, treated like that by a lot of assholes yeah. and again that's connected to that whole speech of um like what like the choice to like hate somebody mm -hmm. and or to love somebody yeah. There was a whole thing about like Chang He. Oh, I also wanted to ask your opinion about this character, Hyuna, who is okay. like close friends with Mi Jung and also uh, dates Chang He a little bit. I love her. I love her too. And like, I love her. she's. Yeah, what do you think her deal is? She's like such a. She's such a character, right? Because 
she's a and oh shit, there's a Hyuna in my Mister too. Oh, which you one? Know, you, you know who she is. Come on, you know her. Wait, are you seeing the character or there's like a similar character? There's a similar, there's a parallel character in my Mister. Yeah, the one who owns the little bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The troubled yeah, yeah, woman, the... the troubled woman, the lost woman, you know? Hyuna's a lost woman, but there's a, and, and so is that woman, Chungi, in, in, in my Mister. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But both of them have, there's one, like, there. there's a core in them. There is one consistent core in them. They're both extremely compassionate people. Like, yeah. almost to a fault right like exactly. and that sort of makes their boundaries kind of a little too loose and th- and they seem a little unhinged but they're both extremely compassionate people and i could only read that as pure love and yeah. hyuna, hyuna is like she's a very loyal person she's a very loyal friend and uh she's loyal even to her ex-boyfriends right who are extremely abusive and fucking assholes blah, blah, blah. but i loved i loved hyuna because of just one scene that she was in when it was in one of the earlier episodes maybe episode two or one but she and Bijang are drinking and it's like it's like really beautifully shot like it behind them everything's moving fast and blurry but it's like the close-up yeah. of their face and Hyuna says to her like you know I'm like this because in my past life I was super quiet and in your past life you were probably loud and obnoxious like me and you know, that's how our spirit keeps going. You know, it's like whatever we did before, we're going to try something different later. And I'm like, I love this. It's moving me so much right now because she's talking about the that eternal aspect of the spirit, of the higher self, the inner inner being that goes on. Right. These are just vessels. Our bodies are just vessels. And yeah. we're, we're borrowing these bodies and these lives for the time being. And just got to fucking go with it as best we can until we end up in the next one. But I, I really love that moment, that insight. That was a wise mind insight from her. And I was like, I could never hate her because of this talk. Yeah. Yeah. Also, if you think about it, both Chongyi and Hyuna, they're women characters who are rejecting kind of the the norm of Korean society. They're neither of them are working corporate jobs. Neither of them are like married or dating in the conventional way. Yep. And yep. yeah. Oh my God. Can you tell me what ends up happening to Chongyi in my I mister? Can't. Does she just, I can't. can't. So, it's it's very, know? it's very important. Like okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What, what episode are you on with my mister? I'm on like episode nine. Okay, you're getting there. Oh, I love that yeah. show so much. It's uh, it's every show. I think the first couple first couple episodes like a little hard to get into. Oh, really? But then yeah. it's when it clicks. Yeah. When it clicks, I'm very impressed by IU's acting. Oh my god, isn't she astounding? Astounding. She is yeah. Her stillness is very powerful. Oh my! Her control, her sense of control, her groundedness, like that, that quiet rage, like it's like a blade yeah. that's in her. I'm like, oh my god, Ayu! I am so, like, inspired. You know, she's so young. Yeah. She's so good. She's an amazing actress. Oh, it's it's. I'm really like deep in it. The thing is, I don't know if you felt this. I felt hella depressed when my liberation note was done. 
Oh my god. I was like the first few days after yeah. it, I was just kind of like, yeah. All, all I've been listening to on the subway is the soundtrack. Yeah, me too. Me too. Oh my god. I I sometimes wonder if this is a form of mental illness. Like I have a hard time saying goodbye to shows if I'm really into it. It's not a mental yeah. illness. I feel the exact same way. Because <laughs> these these are stories, right? These are stories and we fall in love with them. These characters were made to feel very real to us. We connected with them on a deep psychic level. And yeah. we're, we're in love with them. And it's like, yeah. it's heartbreaking when your friends say goodbye. It's agonizing. So yeah, you're, even you're, when they move to a different town. So yeah, this is just like, it's like, fuck. You know, Korean shows don't do multiple seasons. I wish they would do a season two. Oh my God. I don't think they're going to do it. But, I, no. you know, the thing is, you can always rewatch it. Like, I started rewatching it like immediately. <laughs> and then it was. <laughs> It was it was it was comforting. I I think I rewatched my Mister like two no like three four times because I also wow, wrote a okay. paper about it. I rewatched uh, my Liberation Notes right after I finished it, and um, yeah, and then I started watching Matrimonial Chaos to keep the Sunsaku train going. Is that is that worth watching? Because I've been wanting to. It's very silly. It was based on a Japanese drama, and it's a remake. Cha Taehyun and Peduna are a couple. That's a very odd coupling. So that <laughs> that weirdness alone made it worth it for me to watch it. I was like, this is fucking weird. I need to see this through. How? Yeah. How is Peduna and Cha Taehyun a couple? Because to me, Peduna, she feels very queer. I mean, this bitch is like so queer to me, you know? And she's very queer presenting, yeah. Very, very queer. Uh, there's something queer about her and i love peduna you know and i love it comes through in her choices of of projects she worked with the wachowskis a bunch of times for for that very reason also this woman the the writer is it kim haeyoung or yi haeyoung or okay she co-wrote the film the gay film about like it's like two weddings and a funeral there's this gay film uh, made by a gay it's directed by a gay filmmaker who is like uh-huh. op- openly in a gay marriage in korea but she co-wrote that script so i'm pretty really? sure i am pretty sure Pak Young is herself queer if not she has a very deep and intimate understanding of marginality in society. And I think that perhaps that is why all the jobs are, you know, marginal. I think that is yeah. why, you know, there's like some, there, there's like a queer sort of undergirth in a lot of these yeah. characters, perhaps. I but might have misread this, but I think she studied religion too. Oh, so like fascinating. She, yeah. That's amazing. She's, she's like quite older. She's, she was born in the seventies or even late 60s um i just yeah i just can't believe the i think yeah i love that you started out by saying that it was like the philosophical like the enlightening parts of this show that really it is like and it's there it really, yeah you it's can't there ignore it you can't ignore it it's like I, yeah. I i when i was when i was recommending after the show ended i was like recommending it to so many people and i wrote to my one friend who recently got her uh masters in social like uh, social work and um oh. and she's into like therapy for people of color and like sort of uh dealing with intergenerational trauma and like post-coloniality and things like that 
and I was like emailing her and I was like, please watch this show because it's the most spiritual experience I had with a Korean drama. And I, and I'm, I'm saying that with a hundred percent honesty, it's like, when do we watch a TV show and say that this was a spiritual experience? But this was for me, yeah. it was like going to church it every fucking weekend. <laughs> it really was. I mean, that's why like those little references of even the sign that Nijan would see on the subway, it was like a church sign. Yep. And Kushi's like necklace and stuff like that. And it really was an examination of how, what does it mean to really like someone? Yeah. Like to to like someone, whether that's ourselves or other people. Yeah. Um, I also like that this, the way that the siblings would treat each other would not be overly mm -hmm. like sweet. It's yeah. so realistic. It's realism. Really Asian about it too. Yeah, like, yeah. Ah, like, yeah. That's the thing. There was, there was. This is both my Mister and the show. They are heavily realist shows. It's like very realist, and uh, melodramatic at times. But it's like the melodrama and the realism are not in conflict with each other. It's like yeah, they, they aid each other, you know. And that's that's common yeah. in a lot of Korean like melodrama films, like from the uh -huh. 30s and shit apparently i don't know like it, it was written by scholars and stuff but um yeah yes. re realism is heavy in both of these shows she's like a realist writer like even yeah. on wikipedia wikipedia put this as a genre like slice of life genre and that is like a genre i really love like you know yeah the stakes are lower in my liberation note far lower far lower like each of them, I mean, it seems very heightened for each of them, but, you know, the stuff they're dealing at work and, you know, like lending money to an ex, like it's all very like everyday stuff. Um, yeah. And speaking of like interesting jobs, like, of course, the father making us making he's a sink maker. Like yeah. that's also like, oh, my God, it just made me think like like that since then I look at my own sink and like somebody built this. He's a carpenter like Jesus right like he's a fucking carpenter yeah yeah basically that's like that's like a very christ-like job as it was literally jesus's yeah. job he was a carpenter and yeah. um and kushi like oh, he was so such an interesting character like when in the in the the latter half at the latter part of the show when he when we see uh -huh. him like in that role like drinking counting money you know like kicking people out of the club or yelling at people like when he gets to that that side like the asshole side of him like the part of him that he hates the the side of him that he's ashamed of you know the side uh -huh. of him that like is the reason why he sort of distanced himself from Mijang because mm. to him it's like she's like this pure god thing she's an angel and he's a fucking cretin and yeah. we we saw moments of him being a cretin, right? Yeah. And it's like, how is that going to be? Like, you know, how is this going to fucking come together? But, you know, it comes together in that in that love moment when he, after his young fucking runs with the money and he calls him and says, yeah. you know, I will always be here waiting for you, you know, with open yeah. arms. Uh, yeah. That was a moment of way. change. Huh? She became his teacher. Yeah. Like Guiding light. Yeah. She yeah. was his spiritual guidance. Yeah. 
and she um, has that because of their hebangilchi club that was group therapy that shit was group therapy that they were giving one another they they were healing one another up you know and because she has that that the teaching in her and she got she's she's mended herself she's sturdy when she's in his presence like she's got this steadfast sturdiness untouchable can't yeah. be broken you know and she fully trusts yeah. like she knows she can see it and recognize like no he'll he'll have his moment of comeuppance i just gotta wait and i gotta be patient uh-huh. oh that was a big thing that i that i learned i was like asking myself a few weeks ago i was like why am i so impatient why am i so impatient why don't i have faith why don't i have faith and then the the answer came to me it was like patience is trust it was like that it was like patience is trust trust is patience so figure that out and i was like oh and yeah. that's what she is yeah without trust we take trust so for granted like i have a tendency to trust people easily Hmm. and i don't think i've been burned by it but Hmm. i just i don't know i do want to keep on being an optimist in a way like I do want to keep trusting people because yeah, even if I end up being burnt, like in the moments that I'm trusting, I think there is more potential for those, for that relationship. And and that yeah. trust expands into your own self too. It's like, even if you do get burned, you're still going to be fine. You know, like you're, you're going to be fine. Yeah. You're going to yeah. figure out a way to, you know, be okay with it. You will. Th- that's uh-huh. real trust, right? It's not even trust in that fucking individual. It's like Mijong. It's like she trusts herself so hard, <laughs> so fucking hardcore that yeah. she decides to love this alcoholic gangster thug psycho. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that that trust even bled into her parents. Like, I I was so surprised when she said, oh, I'm actually dating him to her mom, remember? Mm-hmm. And, like, I think she had both of her parents' trust. That's why they didn't need to go into that very stereotypical argument of, like, why would you date someone like that? No, no, no. Yeah, the whole yeah. pandemic shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. and and oh, he's also proven to them like even though he his his flaw is the alcoholism he's proven to them as like a sangshiran worker you know really dedicated yeah. and a good worker and she's like the yeah. mother compliments him all the time it's like you know maybe the two of you were like lovers in your past life because <laughs> you've got such good chemistry and you barely talk to each yeah. other but you just they can intuit each other's next moves and their needs and it's a a beautiful thing um like when the mother um do you remember the scene when like the mother is at the market and then the ajima is like oh bijangi lost her dog and did did you find it and she's like what are you talking about and the camera is filming her from the back of her head and she's crying in the alleyway what did you make of that moment to me, it was she was realizing that even though Mijong didn't show it, she was heartbroken when Koshi left. Yeah. So I think there was like, oh, my baby, mm. who you know wasn't even able to express it to others and held yeah. it. I think there was that like yeah. sympathy for that. Right. Yeah. I I really love those like 
those breaks, those moments when the actors would break like that, because it just felt so genuine. None of it felt affected at any point. It all felt so real when they were moved. Like when Son Sakku, when Kushi was uh, breaking up with Mijang, right? Saying he's gonna, you know, it everything and go back to Seoul. Yeah. And he's like judging her. He's like, you know, like, you know, you live like this. And yeah, yeah. Aren't you mad? Like, why don't you yell at me? Da, da, da. And and then she says to him, like, it was a little weird, honestly, but like that's what that's what vulnerability is, and that's what love is ultimately. It's like being weird and that fucking frank. She says, I wanna carry a two-year-old you around on my back. Yeah. And then he has this moment of like genuine heartbreak like that's when he starts crying that's when he starts breaking up because she is saying to him i know the real you i know the core you the inner being you and it's that innocent two-year-old kid who is so lovable and i want to embrace him like i want to embrace that you and he starts breaking up because he is so ashamed of who he is, who he believes himself to be, which is that fucking gangster thug, you know, fucking bully, you know, all of that. And it's like conflicting with him in that moment. And he starts breaking up. And I was just like, man, like these fucking actors. I would, I would go on YouTube and they would like post like behind the scene oh, yeah. um, YouTube clips. And like, it shows them like rehearsing with the director and, and um, I really loved watching them. I was going to say, uh, the way that Kushi speaks, he reminds me a little bit of like Heath Ledger. Yeah. Like, I feel like the line, the words come out of his mouth, like they're punching out through his throat. And, and the way he like, yeah. yeah. And like, he speaks his breath pattern and, always when a phrase or a sentence comes out, I'm like, oh my God, I didn't expect him to say that. Like, yeah, that. like it's, yeah. line is very unpredictable. Yeah, yeah. Which is, is like, for sure, his special specialty as an actor. Oh my I'm God. so excited to see him as a villain in the new um, Homje Doshi movie. Yeah, the it's film. called, mm-hmm. yeah, the big like action flick. That um, That's kicking ass right now in Korea because he's in it. And people loved him so much in Hibangyuchi that, I mean, he's a star now. He's like a fucking star now. He was great in DP as well. Have you seen this K-drama? I love DP. I love DP so much. I think there's going to be a season two. I discovered that actor, Kugyohan, who is brilliant. (laughs) I'll watch anything with that fucking, uh, what's it? Pakein? Heyin? What, what's his face? Chung Hae In. Oh my, he's so cute. Oh my god. My mom oh, loves him. him. My mom loves him. Yeah. I'll follow him till but, the um, earth. Yeah. Soon he was great in that small role too on DP. He, he was in a he lot of small him. roles. He was in a lot of yeah, small roles. He, yeah. Yeah. It's like he was in Iraq in the military. He was in Iraq. He served in Iraq. He, in Iraq. he served in Iraq. He's a vet? Yeah. For Korea or yeah. America? That I'm not sure. I think for Korea. Oh my god. Holy shit. But he's oh. like lived lives and he's a little older. Like he's like yeah, yeah. early he's 40s. 40. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
you know you know what you and i you know what you and i need to do is we need to make this fucking feature film that i want to make and 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 you got to be a part of the film and we got to bring him here <laughs> we need to oh my god i would love to we, we have to yeah. make him we have to make him our fucking friend that's what we need to do right yeah i don't like, know what way what form but i it's just you know when you discover like just an actor kind of doing next level work, like kind of with their vulnerability, like kind of magician shit. And he was doing some magician shit on my oh liberation. My yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's yeah. so good in that show. Because I watched Matrimonial Chaos and I was like, he's so annoying in this. <laughs> I, I didn't like him <laughs> at all. I was like, so annoying. Yeah. Yeah. But in my in, in my liberation notes, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. you're on my you're on my vision board, babe. You're coming. Yes, you're coming for on me. the vision board. Swansoku on our vision board, and we will meet him. We yeah. will meet him. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, direct him, and then oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, sit on his face. No, just kidding. That's not, <laughs> not professional, Grace. But you know, but maybe who knows? Well, how come? How well, come male? How come male directors get to fuck their actresses all the time? But I can't do the same, huh? What's with that, huh? Yes, huh? you may. Yes, you can. <laughs> and you should. Um, Doctor, Doctor, Doctor Grace can do anything. Doctor Grace <laughs> can do whatever she fucking wants. <laughs> it goes. Yeah, I, I really like. I've been wanting to like carry that precious feeling after of watching my liberation note and carry that into my days since it's been done. Yeah, it changed you. It's like, yeah, it really changed me. It was like going to a, a revival. It was like going to a retreat. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. And for me, like, I'm like, grief is hitting me a little harder than I expected with after my dad passing. Like, mm. wow. So I met this show, like in a moment where I was feeling loneliness too. So it was like the best medicine. Yeah, cosmic alignment. Like, cosmic alignment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm so happy that we both had this religious spiritual experience. I know. We we have to start a cult. We have to start a cult called Hibanguchi Cult. It's gonna be the same fucking club. We're gonna do it every fucking, you know, Wednesday night at a cafe yeah, with other people. Shady. Do you have another friend who's like as crazy about it as you are? As no, I am? You're, you're the only one. I, I recommended it to my closest friends so that I could fucking talk to them about it. But no, you're the only one. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that that's a, and I, I feel like that's a really good club. Like I would, I would be down to meet like on we Zoom. Do it and it doesn't have to be as regular as once a week. Like once a it week. It be randomly. Once a week, we just share like literally like one page in our notebook, whatever thoughts we had, reflections that we had, and we just share it. And it's like, yeah. I'm down to do it. Dude, let's do it. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, people go to church and temples. Yeah, and and, and I like, don't, I you know? I don't. I wish I had it. I wish I could, but I don't. But we make our own church. I've been wanting to actually like go to a Korean temple in New York. I yeah, go. Go, 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 go. Yeah. I think I, I'll, I'll put you in touch with somebody. His name is Vong Pak. And he's a like a drummer, Changu drummer. Oh yes, yes, yes. You probably know him. You probably know I'm, him. I I met him through Hongsak a long time ago. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. He goes to a temple. Oh, speaking of Hongsak, I was like yelling at him to watch it too. Like, he hasn't seen it. 
he started to see it and he was like it's beautiful he it's was so very cool. like he was impressed by the camera work too it is and so I think well that done direct, yeah yeah that director and writer worked together a lot maybe i think the yeah. my mister was directed by somebody else but uh this one was like so there were so many beautiful like filmic moments that i was like yeah. oh my gosh yeah yeah and those like quiet scenes where Nijong is just there at Kushi's place like it could be such a stare um such like a sterile setting but they really like framed it and like with reflections they it kept it it was ever so evolving yeah. and like layered it was so simple yeah. and yet it was like impactful you know like that space yeah. was so simple you know there was nothing really nothing it was like bare very barren but like when the two of them were there together it just felt so full and you know oh, I, and when he made ramyun for her while she's angry yeah your your hands are shaking sit down and eat yeah yeah and and right before he goes back to Seoul when they go on a little day trip together and in the fucking by the ocean side stairs? Is no, ocean stairs? Side, yeah. it was ocean side it was ocean side by a lighthouse oh. and he says to her like Chuang, and and it's like that's him saying I love you to her yeah like you know, to be able to have actors say, you know, it could, in the hands of bad actors and directors, it could have been a very cheesy scene. Like, oh, I want you God. to recognize me. It I want you to been, revere me. But it would have been devastating. Yeah, yeah. No. Just like, next time I'm dating somebody, I'm going to try to use that kind of vocabulary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, oh you know, like, that's, that is, that is love though that's what love is it's reverence it's glorifying it's worshiping it's praising we have such a skewed and warped sense of what love is to the point where i i'm in love with the toxicity of kushi right like i'm looking at how fucking sick this person is and like the sick part of yeah. me is all turned on oh god i had oh. to change i had to change oh. my underwear you know but it's like <laughs> dude that ain't love bitch you know, love is when he is like, he understands and accepts and is there for you and is loving to you and appraises you, says, yeah. says nice things. Like, oh my gosh, when they're walking together and then he says to her like, oh, don't you know, you're passionate. Or, you know, there's another scene when he says to her, you know, something like that. It's like, yeah, because he's like, like you're scary as fuck like because yeah. she was all like i like i'm nobody thinks i'm anything but yeah know yourself you're know yourself yeah know yourself like see what i see he says things like you know like when somebody's stabbing me like i don't blink an eye but you know i'm scared of you you know like oh. i know like that is that is real seeing somebody like that is real actual seeing and being seen that is what that is Right? Like that, that is almost like beyond love. Love is almost like not enough of a yeah, word. Love is, yeah, it feels limiting compared it, to. It's so fucking tainted. Yeah. It's like, 
seeing me for who and what I am and me seeing you for who and what you are and you letting you see me for who and what I am. Like that is actual fucking connection. Like that is deep connection. Yeah. Soul, that is soul With that view of words. <laughs> like you said, you were like these people waxing poetics. I'm like, that's exactly what this, this whole show is poetry. This yeah. whole show was one it big is. poem. Yeah. Oh, even just like little stuff like Tangi is yelling at his sister when she cuts her hair, like, mm-hmm. and like, stop fucking with your hair. And she says, like, it's the only thing I can, like, have, she has control, control over. over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Nuna, yeah. right? It was, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. He's She's always fucking she with her hair. Yeah. And it's like she does that not out of spite or like out of rebellion, but it's more like she has to do it so that she could continue to be with this guy, you know? Yeah. It's like she did it out of love. It's like, I want to continue to be with you. That's why I did this to myself. Yeah. I needed an outlet. And it's like, yeah, you know, instead of like when we feel all like up uh, the upturn, the upheaval in us, instead of going to our partner and like blaming them, be like, why aren't you doing something about this? I'm so unhappy, you know, try and fucking take care <laughs> of it on your own. Right. Yeah. And, and then and then come to them, you know, then they might have more sympathy or they might actually like, you know, you could just talk it out better because the the madness has now passed it's like you sort of yeah. went through that big tidal wave and now you can go go to him with calmer waters and yeah. he'll he'll be able to be more receptive to you because you come to him with calmer waters right exactly. it's there's so many lessons and there's so many lessons about humanity you yeah. know relationships connection yeah and, and uh mijang and kushi were especially like th- that was soul work happening we were witnessing soul work happening and i was just yeah. like holy fuck this show and i love that in my liberation note they discuss therapy i mean she he even says stuff like yeah. i'm gonna book 10 sessions with you you um just listen to me and yeah i do think therapy is becoming more common in korea but it's still not covered by insurance so it's yeah. not accessible and still but I'll tell stigmatized. You this, they're, they're giving out um psychotropic drugs pretty willy-nilly what are you talking about i just feel like my mother's been on the sleeping pill for a long time which oh, the no. doctor claims it's like harmless and not a, not addictive but um I just know a lot more people who are not in therapy, but do go to a psychiatrist and um, get medication. That's true. I know it too much, but I was like, oh, it's, I think in America, I think like therapy would always be more recommended than medication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or together. We're together. Yeah. Uh, so, actually, I think, I think you're right. I think you're right because, um, you know, they have uh, anti-anxiety medication that's kind of like over the counter over there. And they'll, it's like, they'll just take it and. and yeah. Yeah. So I think you're right. But it's kind of like. More, much more conversations happening with like, there's a ton of celebrities who talk about their panic disorders and yeah, um, yeah just a lot of more like therapy, quasi therapy, like reality shows, like where. It's uh, instead of psychiatry, it would be uh, like three grandma actresses like listening uh, to people's stories. Yeah. Well, so well, I- that's actually a common strategy using television as a 
health tool rather than addressing actual health care. It's like there's a whole theory uh, written mm -hmm. about that. It's common in America, too. Like you have shows like The Biggest Loser and they're using shaming, fat shaming as an element uh, to make people shame fat people and hate fatness and go and exercise and diet. So there's like sort of this moral sort of moralizing via right. reality shows rather than mm -hmm. have government pay for health care and take care of everybody's fucking health, right? So instead of yeah. government spending, they use television and entertainment and, and shame is oftentimes a big operator in that. And with these uh, weepy sort of reality variety shows in Korea, it's more like um, Han, like Han getting released, you know, guilt, you know, yeah. it's like, finally, but finally, like, somebody's listening to me. Oh my God, it's so sad. But it's like, yeah. it shouldn't, that's not normal. It's not normal to cry immediately as soon as somebody asks one question about your life. To immediately have tears like that, it's not fucking normal. That's a sign of unhealthiness. That's what they know. don't get. I wouldn't be so quick to tear shame, like, depending on... No, no, it's not about shaming. It's not about tear shaming. It's about, that's not healthy. I know that. Because last year, when I was crying a lot about, like, everything... You know, I didn't realize it, but I was processing some big things. It was, a, it was a healing time for me, but it needed to come out. And this year, I don't cry as much. It's a very mm -hmm. noticeable difference, stark difference. So my point the is, you didn't have an outlet, and then yeah, it it's like they're so like repressed. And one TV show is not gonna fucking resolve that. Therapy needs to be a regular treatment. They need to take it seriously. They need to be committed to it. They have to be open yeah. to it. They have to yeah. want to get better. You know, there are all these like things around it. But, you know, yeah. I, I mean, you know, at, at least they have television, I guess. But it's also like it's still it's a, just TV a way show. to start conversation and to yeah, to, yeah, you're to right. Feel it become less yeah. of a taboo. But yeah, yeah, there's because it's still it's still very stigmatized. You know, like yeah. I have, I have so many family members who like, they, they're like, they kind of tiptoe around it. You know, I have a cousin, she's older, she's a mom and she's a wife. And I, I was like, you need to go to therapy. Like she keeps talking to me about her problems. She'll get drunk and talk about it. I'm like, you just need to go to therapy. And then she'll go to therapy and she'll lie. She won't tell the truth, you know, because, and I'm like, that's not, what are you doing? That's not effective. Come on. You got to fucking get real. Yeah. She doesn't know how so much fear, so much fear, even so much how fear. to be a, how to be a patient. You know, that's mm -hmm. even a question. Do we know? Do you know? It's like, it's a whole thing. My, I've been trying to get my brother into therapy and his, his response was, I feel like if I do go to therapy, I'll feel more scared that it's like a big issue. Yeah. And I'm like, it's the societal, the, the notion of it, but I haven't given up. I'm still going to keep. And, and he's got to understand that that's not a social fear. It's a personal fear. He's judging himself for it. You know, yeah. he's got to, he's yeah. got to come to realize that there's nobody to fear, but your own judgment in yourself. And, exactly. you know, like once he overcomes that hurdle, once he realizes that nothing is actually ever personal, he'll yeah. come around. But yeah, yeah. Good for you. Like, you don't give up, you know? Yeah. I mean, keep, keep at him. Because it's, we, it's, it's yeah. not as easy. Like some, I'm used to like artistic friends who like were very like practiced in expressing our emotions, but it's really hard to get it out of my family. 
well my mom less she's she's very expressive but my brother I would have to like really dig in because if I, I would know for a fact that something's going on with his marriage but like he just wouldn't wouldn't share also he's a man Korean yeah. men and silence come on yeah look at <laughs> the silent father in Hebangirichi <laughs> so stoic and quiet even Kushi he's mostly quiet but he t he opens up to Mijang and he can't stop talking he yeah. can't stop talking to her right it's a there's a lot in there it's like pools and pools of stories and things yeah. thoughts and feelings and he just like lets it out and that's when the healing begins when he's not yeah. afraid to and what a masculine character he was right he was such a macho mask character but like yeah. chatty as fuck when he's with her very chatty same with Mijong. and i think there's something about like when yeah. one adores oneself more and has less shame like yeah we do get to share more stories once they have the trust with each other you know like when, oh, when i was it's so beautiful it is when i was younger you know, I had this Korean American friend and she would say to me like, oh, I hate it when guys talk too much, you know, guys who talk too much. They're so unmanly. And I was like, really? Wow. And I noticed that her father is very stoic, doesn't doesn't say jack shit, very quiet. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you think that's normal? You know, like you think it's normal yeah. that a person doesn't speak his mind or doesn't express <laughs> himself? You think that's man? I'm like, I don't want a man <laughs> like that. You know, I don't want to have to guess what he's thinking all the time. And yeah so so it, it has to do with it's gendered too i think in that yeah. regard but but uh in 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 Yuchi, there was that really beautiful moment when after the mother dies like the father's with the children and he says you're all better than i am mm. and they're all crying <laughs> when they take that when they go on the beach when they finally get a car to go on a trip together and 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 changi says i love you to the dad and he walks away <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Changi is. There are moments of Changi when he's like going on his diatribe in front of his friends drinking. He reminds me of like a stand-up. Like he's like the stand-up comedian he's of the family. So funny. He's so yeah. funny and so wise. And like the things that he says were so on point. It was like I was looking at the three of them as saints. They all felt like saints to me. It was uh -huh. something like very sacred about all three and i was like wow yeah. every time they speak i'm like learning a lot here uh-huh yeah there's three because saints. ultimately like i mean i loved the way his arc ended up how it tied up with him accidentally going into the class of um funeral directing and his whole like experience of sitting with people passing yeah him with that and then kijong like eventually like becoming um, a mother to uh, a stepchild like they are kind of like on these saintly paths yeah and and Changi is seem he seems to be the most aware of it like because he says he's like it's like my psychic self knew to sit there beforehand and I just had to arrive at it you know like my psychic self would always lead me to where I need to go and it happened time and time again around dead people, people dying in his presence. And then he ends up becoming this funeral director. And it's like, it was a mistake, right? He was supposed to go into that other class and he ended up sitting there. His body, his, body, his higher self knew, his higher self knew and brought his body in there. And I was just like, this fucking show, 
you know because we all have those it's endless we all have those moments like do you have those moments do you have those like kind of psychic cosmic moments like do you have that happen to you in your day-to-day like through dreams or through deja vu or through just like synchronicity or patterns yeah i mean making the decision to go to korea last year to spend time with my parents ended up being really like yeah a a wise good thing to do um for myself for my family and just like cosmically like I, i don't know if i told you this before but like i was able to say to my dad when we were partying, I was like, hey, isn't it cool we became buddies? Yeah. And I just never, ever thought I would ever get there. Right. And since his passing, I'm having this experience of, like, kind of grieving the time that we could have had. So I keep on, like, imagining, like, oh, if he was still around and healthy, all these things we could have done together um Mm. so i just kind of like get tearful not necessarily in a sad way but like just like oh a sense of yearning of what what could have been and i don't know just a lot of thoughts about like wow why why did i hate him so strongly for a long time and Mm -hmm. yes there are reasons yes there were some forgivenesses yes to all those things but um yeah i think like that was an example and yeah there are like little small things like that of like oh just having a hunch of like wanting to call up a friend and check up on them and actually they were really desperately in need of somebody to yeah talk to those things i think how about you i have them all the time i have it Mm -hmm. all like constantly like daily it's like insane how how often it happens but yeah when you texted me that picture that was a moment of like like i think this was supposed to happen which picture oh, oh the the show psyche psyche show the yeah. the mudang dance thing the mudang dancing and then Dude. i was just like okay to ask you about that poster okay vong pak showed me that image on the poster you're gonna see a date it says february 20th 1938 uh-huh. February twentieth is my birthday, and this is when Wait, I was like, your "Yeah, February twenty, because you're you're also February birthday, right?" February twenty eighth. We're both Pisces, yeah. Oh and God. and and my movie JNS Auto, Joe Iwama, his birthday is February twenty eighth. Yeah, there's a lot of February twenty eighth people in my life, but um, it's February twentieth is my birthday, and I was looking at this poster. And I was like, oh, how interesting. I'm like debating whether or not to do clowning right now. And this woman back then was doing clown performance, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, Vong Pak also sent me another like piece of artwork. He was like, oh, read this uh, play by Sarah Kane. And I read it. I'm like, oh, this is like really depressing and intense. And <laughs> um, I looked at the date that she committed suicide. And it was February 20th, 1995. I was like, how interesting that Vong is sending me these works by these women. Oh. And it's like February 20th is like kind of surrounding them. I'm like, what's the message here? You know, what's the thing? It's like either give up and kill yourself like Sarah Kane, <laughs> you know, or be like this fucking lady who went to America and was dancing like mudang dance and dancing all this other shit, doing clowning, yeah. doing comedy, doing art, performance art, 
in New York, yeah. in the streets with a Japanese name, even though she's Korean. Yeah. And 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 be that weirdo, be that unique weirdo, be that, yeah. be free, be free. And I was like, all right, thank you. You know, so uh -huh. I, I every time I have those kinds of like coincidences or patterns, I'm like, oh, this is like a, a message here. What's the message? I just got to decode it. I just got to analyze it. Yeah. So it's fun. It's well, fun to live that way. I, I love that shit. There a few weeks ago, several weeks ago now, um, outside our living room window, my roommate was trying to remove the AC out and there was a whole nest of mourning doves. It was oh two God. babies. <gasps> there was a mom. We had no idea while it was like hatching. And, and so since then for like a good 10 days, I would like watch them every morning. So I got to see them like grow a little more and like practice, you know, stretching oh, their wow. bodies out and they eventually left the nest. Oh my but God. One of my, I just like, couldn't I was obsessing over them I just would it would be like meditation I would sit on the couch right in front of the window and just look at them yeah you're watching and life happen I don't know and then like during after they left the nest I was walking around in a local park uh -huh. and I could have sworn two morning doves that looked slightly growner than when I last saw them came up to me by the right. bench yeah because when I'm they were like, babies they knew you you know, like, of course, no, but I, well, in the back of my mind, maybe I'm birds like, do that with the, whatever first thing they see, they think of it as their mother or family. And they I don't know how close they were able to see me through the window, but, um, but I don't know. I have, I'm not saying that one of them is my dad's spirit, but like, there's something. Yeah. There's why something. not? Like, if yeah. you feel it, if you feel it, then why not? And why also not? it's like, yeah. it's like, sight is one sense you know but like we're we're all living beings we all have vibrations you know like the vibes are what we pick up on first before anything else and if these yeah. birds can sense your vibe then they recognize you you know yeah. so well, that kind of stuff i'm always like paying attention to and yeah retained by it yeah. do it it's yeah. it, life is more meaningful that way and more entertaining and more magical yeah. and all that shit. Yeah. It's more, Absolutely. it's more like my liberation notes. <laughs> this is well, fun. This note, is fun. I, I really, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll shoot you an email. I think we should just, even if it's just on zoom, like 10 minutes a week or every other week, let's, I, I would love to do a hip on your two with you. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah. And like, we can, yeah, we can, it, it would be a way to like keep our, our, respect and love for the show as well yeah it's yeah a it's a worthy enough show for that yeah and then mm. and then we're going to become cult leaders and we're going to make people drink fruit punch <laughs> <laughs> we're going to all make them drink soju like a lot of it even though like i don't drink it's like you have to drink it you have to drink 40 bottles of soju right now right now <laughs> um they both in my mister and in hibangichi they're or sometimes when they're drinking, the scene that mm. you described between Mijong and um, the friend, mm. where like, yeah, the background kind of gets hazy, but it reminds me of like being on psychedelics. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. So I'm like, oh shit, interesting. I like that. Yeah. 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 Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. The feeling of like being flow with the friend and just like being honest. It does feel like you're high. They're I get, like, I still get yeah. high. Yeah. 
that's actually a good point like we could we could uh sort of reread some of their like drinking rituals as like a metaphor for a psychedelic medicinal ritual we could do that that's that's another way to read things so thanks for that insight i'll I'll keep that in mind when i rewatch the show which i know i'll probably do (laughs) this was great this was fun this was great thanks for having me again 